Hello and welcome to Trolls of the Two Tom Bridges or TO Triple TB. My name is John and I am Percival Silverlight in a fictional universe that we all know and love. Last week we managed to have a bit of a chat with Jessamine and uh, this week is a little bit more of the same but we get a bit more deeper into the uh, intrigue of Port Nanzaru. Remember, you can always contact us on any of the social media sites out there. You know, the usual ones like Flubel and Neworg. They don't exist. Don't worry. We're not just really ahead with the times. All the usual ones on T-O-Triple-T-B podcast. That's T-O-T-T-T-B podcast. Now, if you care to join us for some... Adventure! Log of Percival Silverlight. We have visited the Merchant Prince Jessamine to ensure that she is both unharmed after the stresses of the undead threat upon the throat and to request her help with regards to the Order of the Gauntlet. We were afforded this meeting after it happened that Jasmine was one of the people we rescued from the rotting clutches of evil, and as such, she has seen fit to entertain us, and indeed reward us for my, I mean our, incredible bravery. Adventure! We left off last time in Jasmine's garden. You guys had discussed with her the matter regarding you guys saving her life. And by the sounds of things, that wasn't exactly uh, well received (laughs) because she offered basically a choice between uh, possibly a sanction that could be banked for later or some poison and some gems that she was offering you. There was also the matter of Jessamine's affliction, both Rana and Zibi noticed that Jasmine had some sort of uh, some sort of ailment that she was flinching against and Zibi you recall matching that with the memory from the throat the night before uh, where she had that sort of that attack that she made against a zombie that was accompanied by a cry of possibly pain but mm. now the subject of the merchant princes in the city came up did we leave her yes no no you haven't yeah, left yet I think no no, oh, no, we, oh, we okay. no, no. Oh, from, still in the garden. Yeah, from no, last time you were still. What? No, no, yeah. no. She, <laughs> no, she, she, she had offered you things. You just couldn't decide which one you wanted. Um, <laughs> no, but she didn't offer any biscuits or cup of tea or something. Or anything to sit down. We go in the house. Nothing. Yeah, you guys, no, you guys, you guys, you guys shared oh, the, shared the sandwich. Um, but no, Jasmine, Jasmine didn't necessarily invite you inside. Yeah, oh, I made. We had to bring our own. No, she didn't invite you inside. She simply, she simply, she's she's had you in the pavilion that she has in her garden, her snake themed garden. 
and has sort of just mentioned the fact that she does know the other oh god princes. i just realized she's the carol baskin of of the D world isn't she you know how Carol Baskin wears everything as tiger print and everything around her is just horribly gaudy and tiger print. She is, she is, um, having, of Annihilation's Carol having Baskin. not watched that show, I have no idea if that's an insult or not, but, um, it is, it is. Yeah, pretty much. If you call somebody Carol Baskin, expect to get a slap. All right. Um, in terms of what we need here, it would be useful to have at least a brief, uh, overview of what the various merchant princes do and a, a, a quick, chunk of information about their their mindsets and characters that well, might be useful i think we've covered what they sell yes but we haven't gone into you know her opinion of them and how we might be able to manipulate them yeah <laughs> i didn't say that out now did i uh, so i mean uh, exactly. currently i'm currently treating this as metagaming on your part you guys you guys can metagame this part to decide what you guys want to do in character um, okay, so I mean, in, in which case, I think it makes sense, seeing as she is sort of the minister of information type, uh, you know, secrets and spies and things, it would make sense that she would have information that is useful to us. I think mm. if we get that information, yeah. um, there's no sense of, we don't, you know, we don't urgently require any of the rewards that she was offering us, none of them are needed immediately. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the poisons are useful, the gold is nice, um, but it's not so much gold that we can buy, like, awesome swag or anything like that at this point so it's good and it's it's helpful but it's not essential um the same goes for the uh sanction mm-hmm. might be useful but you know maybe not at the moment mm. so I, we could always ask her to kill the head of the centaurum <laughs> <laughs> the tricky part being you, you don't know who the head of the you don't know who the head of the centaurum is <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't care we just say can you kill the head of the head of the centaurum but they are elements somebody who's really <laughs> tough and we can't get to them because they've got yeah. too many cronies and they were like damn yeah but, this is not, that's, that's, yeah but that's not up to us that's up to her to figure it out i know what i mean is like later on though within game that we if we did that you know that it might be are we, a big, on, are we suddenly turning into murder hobos <laughs> no i was kidding no, I, was, I was mostly kidding um <laughs> mostly mostly uh <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's coming from Zibby, who initially uh, had the whole, you know, just like, oh, murder is wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's that's that's Zibby. We're metagaming at the moment. That is a good point. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, you're metagaming. Sorry. Do you hear Scottish or Welsh? No. <laughs> uh, Jessamine looks across to you guys um, and says, which of the merchant princes would you like to know more about? Well, I would probably suggest uh, maybe Jobu to start with. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, it makes sense. I agree, Jobu. Aye, as we're having lunch with a chappy. Ah, Jobu. Jobu is one of the most mm, ambitious, perhaps? Certainly the most uh, adventurous of the merchant princes. He alone did not actually inherit his fortune from a predecessor. He made his fortune as a wilderness guide. He was the only one of his party to come back from the jungle with a canoe literally laden with treasure. It's almost to the point that the canoe actually was about to sink before he got to the city. Jobel has built upon his treasure by cornering the market on mercenaries and on the guides of the city. 
every guide that works in Port Nianzaro has to pay him a fee for guiding parties into the jungle and back. Did he ever um, say uh, what happened I to I believe, the- young lady, you were about to ask me about the party that he went with. Um, yes. They all fell to traps and the threats of the jungle. The animals that live there can be perilous. And according to Jobel... Was this, um, was this confirmed or was it what Jobel told you or told people that happened to well, him? Well, we never saw his party again. That's for certain. Yeah. Jobel lives on the hill across from here, just beside the Golden Throne. Bear with me. If you're looking at the map of Portney and Zaro, um, I'll I just I can be. pop him up. There is Jobel's villa. Oh, okay. And um, does he have... Um, I mean, what, what kind of person is he? What does he like to do? What's his... Um, what's his guilty pleasure? <laughs> does he enjoy golf? Jobel is, to be honest, a man of gambling. He prefers to make his bets at either the dino races or the Colosseum. But he always makes sure that he bets only for the mm, most likely winners. He is not a fool when it comes to betting. So he only bets mm-hmm. on the favourite? When he is quite certain that he will win. Did he? Uh, did she say that in quotes? When he's, uh, when he's <coughs> certain he's going to win? As in, he uh, the races. You can give me an insight roll. She mm, didn't necessarily yeah. do anything like that. Uh, okay. Uh, insight is... That's that wisdom, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I should get plus three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seven. <laughs> nope. It doesn't appear like she's trying to tell you that he... Uh, that he uh, what was the phrase you used? Uh, nobles the races? Was that the was that the phrase you used? I can't, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't cheat. Um, at least, as far as you can tell, that's not what she's trying to imply. Right. Just don't ask me to roll anything again. It's fine. <laughs> Beyond that, if you wanted to know any more of his guilty pleasures, you might want to ask his confidant, Azon, his right hand man. Azon. Azon. Yes, his chief spy and his consort. How do you spell that? Uh, Azon is spelt A-A-Z-O-N. Do you mean Z? What did I say? <laughs> Z. 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 All right, fine, Z. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody listening right now, yes, we are in England. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> At least we thought we were. Yeah. <laughs> chult, chult. Uh, um, so that is Jobel. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> ah, that's fine. Um, fine. Do, would um, do you guys think um, the people that we should ask about next that we can go? Obviously, we're dealing with a lot, but it'd be useful to have some insight on him. Um, and iPhone could be useful to do with dinosaurs. Well, I, I, I think uh, with weapons and clues. Quayothe was that it? Quayothe. Quayothe. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one at the top. Queer thing. There's a lot of medicine. Apparently. Uh, food, Edward. And, fruit, uh, wine, something. I don't know what that says. An insect repellent. I've written two words. I can't read. I mean, they'll need Let's that. See. They'll definitely need oh, that. Oh, ale. And ale. Ale and edge. What uh, edge? edge? Oh, Ted. Can't read my writing. T e g, or J rather. Uh, what's Tedge? So Tedge is a. It's another type of beer. It's essentially like a rice beer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a bit sarky, but beer. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and that's basically beers and spirits. Food and edibles yep. and insect repellent as well. And yeah. medicine. Edi- yeah, basically edibles, perfume Ooh. and insect repellent. Wine. Medicine. Okay. And uh, what is Special K like? <laughs> special K. Well, you don't do too much or it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> fall asleep for quite a long time um, <laughs> unless you're a horse indeed they <laughs> might seem slender and not much but she has a deadly mind perhaps almost as deadly as mine Quaithi is a worshipper of Korsuth a fire god and she prefers to burn those people that displease her. She has two consorts, Ixus and Indar. I don't know much about these consorts. They don't really talk a lot, but they are with Quirthe wherever she goes. Presumably, they are her bodyguards, but how exactly they protect her, I'm not sure. Um, have you ever seen them, Ixus and Indar? Have you seen them in person? Oh, yes. They attend every meeting of the merchant princes that Quaithe attends. As I say, they are always with her, just behind her. And what do they look like, or what does Quaithe look like, or other than Slender? Ixus simply looks like a woman. Indar looks like a man. Not much more to it. <laughs> Details. Nice. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Look, I'm giving you what's in the book, all right? There's not much in the way of details here. I'm making a lot of this up as I'm going along. Um, to fill in the blanks. I'm like you. Yeah. And then, um, Quail, is she, um, I'm assuming, is she, yeah, is she human? Uh, what, did, what does she look like? Other than slim. She has long, bushy hair. Um, and mm-hmm. she dresses fairly plainly, apart from the rings she wears on her fingers. All various symbols that, again are supposedly part of her worship to Korsuth. And uh, where, where where might we find her? If you were looking for her in her villa, you'll want to go next to Wakanga. And that is here. Oh, yeah. But quite often she frequents the Temple of Sun, which is this temple out here. Oh, wait, no, hang on. I'm on the wrong screen for that. Uh, the temple out here. Oh, temple oh of it's Sun. the one out in... in the- S-W-N? S-U-N-E, uh, yes, isn't it? Ah. S-U-N-E. Lovely. What does she like to do in her free time? Golf. Ixus and Indar, apparently. Mm. Uh, Jessamine just flashes you a smile when you Both say that. at the same time. <laughs> and she says, again, they would, know, they would know everything that she gets up to, but from what I've observed, she mostly spends her time either meeting people or or taking a wander through the towns or sometimes, most of the time in fact, she spends her time caring for herself either in the temple or even at the public bathhouses she's very connected to the common folk she was in fact born on the streets and grew to uh, her wealthy position through, as far as I can tell, hard work and a uh, hard sell through her life because of this and and her, you know, common roots that she despises Xanthi, who is almost her complete opposite on the Merchant Prince Council. 
Who who, uh, who does uh, gems, cloth, and armor? Indeed. Talking to Xanthe, what are they like? Oh, it's a guy, Xanthe. He's, yeah. uh, he, he's the other merchant prince. She is another merchant prince. Oh, she. Sorry, and I have no idea. Xanthe <laughs> deals in gems, jewelry, cloth, and armor. And as I say, she is almost the complete opposite of Quaith in that she is one of the few people in Portney and Zaro that can claim royal blood in her veins. She is supposedly, though uh, the many artifacts she has in her collection proclaim that she has indeed been descended from the royal bloodline of Chult, uh, is supposedly the only surviving member. Now, just a merchant prince, not our ruler per se, quite far from it. But Xanthi is old, very old. The oldest member, actually, of our of our council. Well, apart from possibly Ifan, but I've never actually asked how old Ifan is. Xanthi has spent her years collecting all of the beautiful things of Portney and Zara. It is she who owns the dye works in the south, and uh, she who essentially runs the Red Bazaar, where the jewels are sold, where in fact the jewels that I have procured for you came from. I see. She, as far as I can tell, simply holds Quaithe in quiet contempt. Whilst Quaithe is more than vocal in her dislike of Xanthi, Xanthi, for her part, simply ignores her. Possibly this is her royalty, or perhaps she simply thinks that ignorance is the best armour. Talking about Quaith as well, you did say that she's, um, she has a deadly mind. Could you elaborate a bit on, on the... Um why you think she has a deadly mind and exactly what you mean by that. She has the ability to tell with perhaps more than normal senses when somebody has cheated her. Perhaps you've heard Mm -hmm. of Sod. Hang on, I need to find the name. Um, I have heard of Sod. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lore about him. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Perhaps you have heard of Omala, the master colorist from the dye works. I yes, ah, we yes. um we did meet uh, Omala once. I think that was Omala. Was it Omala mm. who we um was um the dying man? Well, he was a master colorist, if that's what you mean. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he got himself into a bit of trouble. That he did. Yes. Uh, Monkey fruit, I hear. Terrible business. From what my sources tell me, he died burning. I quit, though. Oh, I did wonder what happened to him. Well, there you know. Uh, well, I hope they took him out of the colour works first, because I'm sure that would be entirely flammable. And Xanthe would be really pissed off if um, they set a whole place on fire. I'm sure. Uh, Jasmine, is it one of your snakes? Have you got snakes? If one got out, Toby, was that I don't you? Don't think it's Rana. What happened there? Outside game voice. Bearing in mind that at the point we left this, Rana was still a snake in the oh. garden. <laughs> Well, I, thought just, changed back. I thought I thought you changed back. All oh, right, okay. I just yeah, I you just, did. You yeah, changed you did. back because she wanted her to see back. you. Did I? Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. got a funny oh, feeling you did. I thought I was still a. I thought I was still a snake. <laughs> that's why I didn't. <laughs> know, that's why I didn't make mention of it. That's why I said. Hello? Who's that's a just, snake? That's just Rana decided to hiss. I just I had a moment. Rana forgot he wasn't a snake anymore. <laughs> Rana, you're human again. Sorry, Rana sometimes, sometimes he's, um, 
animal treats. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, sometimes they stick around for a little while. <laughs> Marvellous. Sorry, carry on. Um, <laughs> quite, quite all right. Quite all right. Rana, you got legs again now. Do you remember? <laughs> Rana remembers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessamine just—I've forgotten which merchant prince you're talking to now. Uh, Jessamine just waves away, waves away the uh, the incident, and just uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember what the question was now. Um, um, we was talking about Amala dying, burning, and mm. I. Oh yeah, uh, oh, taking yeah. him out. Uh, no, if he was anywhere when he died, he would have been beneath Quayfay's villa, I imagine. Oh. oh, she's got a pit down there or something, has Stone she? walls, I imagine. Nice barbecues in the winter. In the winter? <laughs> oh, well, here. I would not put it past her. Um, so basically, don't cross her. Xanthi, perhaps out of good sense, can be found in her villa, which is over here, on the far side of the merchant's ward. So far, for any listeners, um, when you see the map, uh, the top of the map, we have um, Wakanga and... I will definitely Basically, make sure to release some sort of map yeah, to show you where do, the like a yeah. With them all on. yeah yeah, well, yeah I will definitely be doing something like that to to help with that. Those yeah. of you watching in black and white, the red ball <laughs> is next to the blue one. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> snooker. Oh god, it's been so long since I watched black and white TV and snooker. <laughs> you can either find Xanthi in her villa or mm-hmm. at the Hall of Gold, are our two most usual haunts. Uh, which is uh, which is this thing right in the middle of somewhere, isn't it? This one down here. Is the Hall of Gold, does she dive into it face first, like in a big pile of gold and swim? Not quite that. The gold is on the oh, outside what? of the building. The Hall of Gold oh. is actually the temple devoted to the god of commerce, which here in Portney and Zaro, given that we have all built up our built up our fortunes is that a bit like a bank not a bank no it's it's a it is a temple they are devoted to oh, what's the damn name Wookiee. that's the one yeah it's Wookiee. thank you Wookiee is the goddess of commerce how do you spell that w-a-u-k-e-e-n from memory okay yep that is correct i don't know how i remember that <laughs> I don't know how They're you remember that either. Sort of like goddess of business of sorts. Of I have a obsessed. yeah. I have a, a, an oddly unuseful memory. It's pub quiz clever. It's not useful in any reasonable way. <laughs> Is there anything that Zante likes to do in her free time as well as um, other than go to the Hall of Gold? Does she um, perhaps go to do anything? That's, I don't know. The seniors do. I don't know. Where would she go? <laughs> Maybe bingo. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> not as far as I can tell. Does she prefer the the wealthier class of people to talk to as well? Like, would she prefer us to be a bit more well-to-do and nicer spoken as opposed to... Um... She'll probably get on great with me. Hmm. She's certainly more of a traditionalist. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I think, I think you would be right in assuming that she would prefer to talk to one of a higher social standing in general. Yes. Indeed. Wouldn't we all, hey? <laughs> In regards to Rana, um, would she prefer him to be in his own form or would she prefer someone like him to be in, in an animal form and not know that he is a... a it's quite a specific question. Well, yes, it's, but it's more like... Um, because Rana is a, a native of Chult as opposed to... You know, I'm, I'm just thinking of his class. So would she take to him more um, if she knew... If he was a badger? 
But no, because why would you just suddenly bring a badger to a meeting? That's a bit weird. Well, why would you bring a snake to a meeting? Well, indeed, why would you bring a snake to a meeting? Because the ladies love snakes, obviously. It would be an interesting thing to witness. Uh, technically, as Rana is, of course, and she sort of nods towards Rana, a native of the jungles, and supposedly, as with any of them, another descendant from the original capital of Cholt, Supposedly, Xanthi, being the only last royal, would have some claim of, well, sovereignty, I suppose. But, of course, here in Portney and Zara, that counts for very little. And Xanthi mm. is one who rules over this city now, not over the people of the jungle. I'm not entirely sure how she would react to Rana here, but I doubt it would be with contempt, exactly. Well, that's good. We, we worked that one out when we get to it. Rana shrugs uh, when he hears about the royal lineage and says, uh, Rana does not recognize any king or queen. Not even Elvis? Rana looks mildly confused uh, at the reference to the king, uh, but doesn't understand it, so he just lets it pass. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure that Percy understands it either. (laughs) (laughs) Percy's heard things in passing and he has no idea. You have two or three, if you count Wakanga uh, merchant princes, you can still ask Jessamine about. Uh, well, uh, we've not, not spoken about Enki. Enki. Oh, Enki. Enki Afa is something of a local legend. Unlike Jobal, she won her fame in full public. But like Jobal, she has also managed to inherit a small fortune through her days fighting in the Colosseum. You see, she is perhaps one of the best gladiators we have ever seen in the Colosseum. Won every match she fought, bought her own freedom, and now lives comfortably with her husband while her two sons, Shosen and Tirik, are well-loved faces about the city. They're named after the rivers, I'm assuming. Indeed they are. Well spotted. Can you spell their names for me, please? Of course. Uh, Soshen is S-O-S-H-E-N. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrk is T-I-R-Y-K. And it is Tyrk who is a popular dinosaur racer, apparently. Uh, so Tyrk is a uh, dino racer, but what does mm-hmm. Soshen do? Uh, Soshen is one of the city guard bravely defending our city against the perils of the jungle. And can I ask what her husband does as well? Her husband? Mm -hmm. He is a painter. Ah. And he and his wife spend many afternoons painting away in their terrace. I'd be very interested to see some of their work. You can usually find them and their artwork in their villa, which is just next to Jobel. Ah. I see. Just popped up just there. Beyond that, Enki often returns to the place that she earned her fame and fortune, the Colosseum, and much like Jobu, does enjoy a bet once in a while, but again, is much more interested in watching the fights than betting on them. Though, if she thinks that somebody has real promise, Rana, Rana, Rana looks interested for a moment, interrupts and says, um, "The Colosseum," he says, "to become a merchant prince, to have all this gold after fighting, it must pay well." To win matches there, yes? Fairly well. It depends on how well you fight and how long you can stay on your feet. And Enki, as I say, was one of the best. 
She never lost a fight. As far as I know, that track record continues to this day. Oh, wow. How old is she now? Is she, um, obviously, if um, nobody's ever beat her, but, I mean, what kind of age is she now? I mean, how old are our sons? Do you know, that's a very rude question to ask. I don't know. Well, I don't mean... Uh, It doesn't doesn't say here. Um, She's old enough to have had... uh, uh, So the sons are apparently twin teenage sons, so she's got to be in what, like her... 30s, 40s, maybe? Um, Late 30s, early 40s, like 45, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. no, sorry. That's, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't have a date here. Well, especially if she spent several years fighting in the pit, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So the gladiatorial races, that's where she first got her sort of big winnings, and then that helped finance her trade deals that set her up as a merchant prince. So the actual like mm-hmm. fortune that makes her a merchant prince probably came from the trades that she actually did, but she got that by being a legendary yeah. fighter. Just to clarify that a bit. Rana looks thoughtful for a moment and says, to fight and to win in the arena, in the Colosseum, he said, brings you much respect, much honour amongst the people here. And then he sort of glances around everyone and says, it is an idea, perhaps. And then goes back to musing in quiet. It certainly would be. The Colosseum is open to all. We have certain celebratory days and certain festivals we mark with special events. But the majority of the bouts are reasonably fair fights against anyone that wishes to take part. It's something to consider, I suppose. I mean, um, we need to sort of see how strong they are and, and compare them to how strong we are at the moment, I yeah. guess. You certainly proved last night how strong you were. What happened to me last night? <laughs> she gives her a wink. <laughs> uh-huh. I was about to say, have um, you actually forgotten or do you need me to remind no, you? Or? No. <laughs> she was making a joke. Rana preens slightly uh, at the praise, just a little bit. He looks, he looks mildly, like mildly smug. Um, but also but also sort of when he thinks no one's looking he he, he sort of puffs a breath uh, sort of breathes into his hand and then smells it obviously remembering you know what he had his teeth in and he looks mildly uncomfortable at the memory at the same time (laughs) Uh, you've you've not seen a toothbrush since then no Um, we we were able to have showers and stuff at Wakangas but do you not have had Uh, toothbrushes there that's a good point actually yes you did so yeah you probably have washed that out yeah yeah, good point. So, um, you told me about um, Inky's um, family. Does um, Quayos or Jobal or Xanthe have a family at all? Not as far as I'm aware. The only person with a family is, well, myself with my daughter. How lovely she is too. Thank you. And Enki with her sons and her husband. Xanthe has a son, but from what I've heard, he went to join the Flaming Fists. Ooh. Whether or not she keeps up with contact with him is something Xanthi herself would know. What about um, Ifan? Ifan. Ifan. Yeah. Strong Welsh name. Ifan is perhaps the most, hmm, shall we say, malodorous of the princes. It doesn't smell very good. Well, I can't, not in terms of smell. I personally am not his greatest advocate, I must say. Ifan is, beyond anything, greedy. He hoards his wealth to him, more so, I think, than any other of us, 
merchant princes. And he has a uh, particular jealousy for some of the more mm, special items that he requires. He is, of course, the merchant prince of beasts and beast training within the city. He is the one that trains and procures all the dinosaurs for the dino races and the tamed dinosaurs that haul our goods back and forth in the docks. And he has a particular specialty in flying serpents, uh, which, well, mm. he uses almost exclusively to send secret messages to whoever it is he's trying to contact. Has he never heard of pigeons? <laughs> he thinks the flying snake is a bit more eloquent than a pigeon. It's calling card. <laughs> eloquent. <laughs> um, well, how does he have the skills with the animals? Like, is he is he able to speak to animals? Does oh, he, have he, a, um, he doesn't have the skills himself. He simply employs other people to do that. Tiraki Anchorage is full of his various cronies that actually run the training ground but he owns them and how did he come into his riches and everything mostly by the connections he's made he's something of a uh, uh, how to say this a social climber he has made his money by being friends with the right people at the right time hmm what, what does he look like is he um is he human oh he's human we're all human he uh he is an old man. You will notice him by uh, by the stoop that he has when he walks, assuming you see him at all. Majority of the time, he is actually carried about the city on his palanquin. Uh, palanquin? I'm thinking of the things out of Game of Thrones. Palanquin, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Palanquin. Would it not be easier if he, tra- if he um, has so many animals? Could he not just sit on an animal? I believe occasionally he has the uh, the disposition to do so when he wants to show off. But to be perfectly honest, I don't think he has much of a uh, much of a stomach for dealing with some of the larger dinosaurs under his care. He's more than happy to turn a profit from them. But uh, as I say, he himself, yeah, he doesn't seem to have much of a uh, animal's touch himself. Ah, it's one of those. If you wished to find him, his villa is across mm-hmm. the way from us, just here. And does he have any um? Weaknesses, it you know, does does he what does he like I mean, to do in his free time? <laughs> yeah. so what does he like to do? I mean, does he um, does he drink? Does he um, gamble? Like does he me. what does he do? What's his handicap? Mostly, he keeps to himself. If he has a particular vice, so to speak, it's not one that I'm aware of. Though, in fairness, many of his vices he might keep hidden, either in his villa or perhaps he goes in secret to some place. I am afraid there is little more that I can divulge in the way of his uh, vices, as you ask. Okay. Um, so that leaves, I think, now um, our dear Wakanga. Wakanga. Uh, that man is trouble incarnate. He is the magic merchant prince of the city. The one that deals in magic and law. And, well, he's very secretive when he wants to be, and yet does his best to pretend that he isn't. He is something of a, uh, hmm, let's say something of a ladies' man. Certainly his uh, vices, and she sort of looks towards you, Siliqui, when she says this, are towards uh, towards women, I think. Siliqui stands a bit taller and kind of slightly 
nose slightly more in the air. Not rude. Of course, while you know, some while some might be taken in by his charm to the right person with the right mind, mm-hmm. this could easily be exploited, I think. And in fact, she sort of just chuckles to herself. I know it can be. Uh, can I roll an insight check, please? Oh, of course you can roll an insight check if you <laughs> oh, like. Shit, it was kind of obvious, but... <laughs> <laughs> you never know, you might I get mean, a one. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, there you go, it's now Okay, so that's a straight 18. <laughs> yep, you can infer that she is uh, implying that she has beguiled him herself at some point. So it is definitely her that's done that. So okay. other than the ways of the womanly body... I mean, is there any um, other things with Wakanga that um, that he's into as well, or um, any, any oh. other vices, or um... so like fast cars, that kind of thing? <laughs> no, as far as I can tell, his only other vice is his interest in magic, which seems to be both personal and professional. Of course, as a professional, he is interested in anything any source of magic that can help him create or provide some service to the people of Portney and Zaro and our customers that come to our shores but uh, beyond that the only thing of note is his secretiveness that he tries as I say to hide up until now he has been very secretive meeting all sorts of strange people about the city and from what I could tell, I thought he might be planning something nefarious. But now, to be honest, it seems clear that he has just been making contacts, trying to deal with this death curse. Do you know of anybody else who might be uh, in a similar position, trying to deal with this death curse? Well, there are mutterings, and those mutterings are beginning to get louder. There are certain of us in the city that are perhaps more concerned by this death curse than others her sources that you can probably tell are sort of spies throughout the city have told her that it's common folk talking she now knows that Wakanga's been looking into it beyond that as far as she can tell no one else seems to be taking it seriously yet but obviously the death curse it's a legitimate thing and you guys and Syndra obviously setting up the beginnings of an outpost here for people to try and find the death curse it's it's only going to become more and more pronounced that it's going to get talked about here so um can i ask as well um, you in regards to wakanga i mean why do you think he's trouble i mean i know you say secretive but some people are i mean what do you mean by he's trouble only in that it's always what wakanga doesn't say that you need to worry about he is always very flashy when entertaining, mm-hmm. but you do have to be careful. I'm not sure he's as dangerous as, say, myself or Quete, but he certainly has the ability to be a very dangerous foe if he wanted to be. Does he have any family at all? Or? Not that I am aware of. He might have some cousins off... Uh, uh, I was about to say off-world. Um, <laughs> I have some cousins. Um, uh, he might might have some cousins in the city, but as far as I know, he doesn't particularly talk about them. Yeah. But no, as far as I can tell, he has no close family. Does he follow any kind of god or anything like that? If he follows any sort of god, I, I believe he follows the god Severas. 
and is uh, part of the reason he has uh, familiarity with the clergy there. Uh-huh. Yes. That would make sense. But who knows? Perhaps he is simply devoted to a more metaphysical ideal rather than a god in particular. It seems like um, you have your issues with, with Wakanga. Did something happen between you? Issues? My dear, Wakanga is perhaps one of the few merchant princes that can make me smile. I say trouble in an affectionate way, not in a sense of... I see. Sorry, uh, I um, what word? it would help if I can actually see your face. <laughs> yeah, I have to imagine what I mean, face. to be honest, if you could see my face, it still wouldn't really, like, get across what <laughs> Jessamine looks like. But, you know... Yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're imagining Jessamine, do not imagine her with my face. Because that just makes this whole thing weird. Okay. Because <laughs> um, at the minute... Jessamine, I'm, your beard is lovely. I mean, it's, 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 so weird. it's weird enough having to get my head around the fact that I've just inferred that I had a relationship with myself. <laughs> because I'm playing Jessamine and Wakanga. It's just, let's just skate over that. And yeah. Oh, dear. Awesome. Nothing like onanism. <laughs> is there anything else you guys would like to ask of Jessamine? Uh, she is sort mm. of she has run through the different merchant princes. I don't believe um, so. Shown you where they live. Yeah, I think I'm good. Right, no, I think uh, I think that's covered it pretty much for me. We do appreciate your time, um, Jessamine. It, it's very kind of you to offer your home open to us here. Um, I'm sure we will be back. Um, did we decide if we were actually going to be taking cash? Yeah, stepping and out of stepping out of character here. Did did you decide you wanted to do that just now, or do you want to actually walk away and come back later? I'm happy to take the truth potion and the gems. I think the gems are more yeah. applicable to what we need to do in general. Yeah, I think so. Yep, mm-hmm. agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So the gems are in their own little box, so you can add that. Um, I think, uh, John, are you treasurer for the party at the minute? I think. Uh, who wants to write a ledger of what we've got? Um, does Percival, he likes books and writing. Just lump that on John. But will we trust him? <laughs> but John is terrible with money. Actually, so. um, <laughs> is, would people like me to write it down? Or, or Zibby, would you like to? I, I, you're you're a, um, a, an honest man. Would you... Um... <laughs> He's a criminal, I have you now. <laughs> yes, but we also saw you pocket a... Um, a pearl right in front of all no, of No, you didn't. Didn't happen. That was not or something It had somebody happen. else's name on it, on it as a gift and you put it in your pocket. It was some it. kind of dream. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a dream. <laughs> Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure. So you can learn about different game systems and content creation while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform. So come join us as we improvise, adapt and overcome. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, sort of like, uh, the stuff that we've actually got, I mean, um, Siliqui, you've got the, the alchemist jug. Mm-hmm. And whoever, uh, whoever hangs on to the truth serum... Mm-hmm. Just write that mm-hmm. one down. It's, uh, it's yeah. Whoever uh, whoever ends up looking after stuff, because I mean, I've got the pearl. Oh, yeah. I've got the pearl of power. I'll, so, uh, mm. I'll grab the the truth serum then. I'll, I'll just chuck it in my. I think uh, rather yeah, rather than okay. having a a group list of a group we've got this as a group. Yeah. Does that mean um, do you want um, 
Rana to hold on to the gems because they're pretty and he probably quite like holding them. Well, I don't know if we want to swap the gems uh, or just go and flog the gems in the, in the market somewhere and see what we see how much we can get for them. Well, at, at least until we sell them, it, Rana will probably quite like holding them because they're pretty. <laughs> there is that. So you can say for flavour that that's what you're doing. But yeah, for ease of just splitting them between the party, we could just say that you go and just immediately flog them sometime later today and we just we just split it like the gold we value flog, we between flog you guys. We could lunch just to make sure we got some yeah. funds just in case it gets yeah, expensive. Exactly. Yeah, in yeah, case it's like not one of those, yeah, you know, like cheaper it's things. Like, yeah, it's not a free bar. It's like, no, what? Um, what do you mean it's like... It's not. What do you mean? It's twenty-five gold pieces for a side salad. <laughs> it's it's a it, it's an expensive job keeping Rana fed for more than three minutes. Well, especially <laughs> if he turns into a dinosaur. So, Rana, we afford you. So that is five hundred gold pieces that is split between four of you. Four of us. So, so one hundred twenty-five each then. Yeah. One hundred twenty-five each. Yeah. yeah. And then okay. yes, you have a truth serum which Jessamine. Uh, holds out to you and uh, just once again repeats that you just need to make sure that your target will need to drink it or ingest it in some way. Once uh, once it's drunk, the effects last for an hour. Uh, how quickly will they uh, start working? Depends on the individual's constitution, is what she says. Do, do they need to roll a save for it at all? Yes, they will. Something that you wouldn't necessarily say, but yes, the, the target needs to um, save on a constitution saving throw. Okay. If you look up mm-hmm. Truth Serum in D&D Beyond, I think this should be in there as like an entry and it should tell you exactly how it works. You have two doses of that. Okay. Okay. With that, Jessamine bids you good day. Thanks you again for saving her life um, and for coming and providing her with a pleasant discussion. And waves you off. Yes, thank you very much, Jasmine. Uh, Zibia said to her, "Hey, last night, there's no problem to help you. If you need help or somebody to talk to at some point, you know where I am. If you don't, you can find me." Similar thing to um, what I did before. Make that sort of make that sort of scratchy sort of diagonal sort of like, dum de dum de dum de dum sort of movement yep. so she knows what I'm talking about I thank you very much and I shall bear that in mind in the future you walk back through the garden heading for the gates as before and Siloquy actually no let's get one let's, let's get one from everybody um, as you're heading through the as you're heading through the garden make me a perception check what? why did uh, Percival just throw a hundred because <laughs> he don't, he's got a really weird d20 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> His D twenty has a hundred sides for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I have a. <laughs> yes. In my book, it is. Yes, my D twenty is broken. I scored ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> I still got. I still I got a twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mine is twenty one. Uh, um, I rolled a twelve. By the way, I got a fourteen with modifiers. So 14 and 12 from That's Rana and Zibi. with modifiers. So 12 for Zibi, 14 for Rana. And I got a 16. 16 for Percival? Yes. And 21 for Ursula Okay, so... Uh, so this kind of works out the way I was going to work out anyway. Um, so <laughs> Percival and Siloquy, as you guys are leaving, 
there's a moment as you go around the corner and out of sight of the pavilion where Jasmine was sitting, you realize that there is somebody that is lurking around the bush. And as you sort of draw level with them, you realize that it's Mesra who darts forward to grab your arm, Siliqui. And in a hush whisper, she says to you, Hi, I'm sorry to sorry to interrupt you, but I just I had to ask. I I overheard talk of the the death curse. Yeah. You guys were talking about the death curse with my we mother? Were, yes. We were. Yes. You and she sort of she's she's glancing at you, but almost as if sort of like looking down at her hands and then looking up at you, trying to meet your eyes, but not quite having the courage to. It's okay, um, Mister. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you're going to talk to us and trust us. You're trying to put an end to it. You're trying to you're trying to stop it, right? Well, yes, that's correct. Is there something that you know about it? And she sort of she bites her lip and she just sort of says very quickly, as she's trying to say it. Like you know, saying it quickly will will be will be better. My mother has it. She's, it's got her. It, she doesn't. She doesn't like to show it, but please, she's dying. Uh, how bad is she? How how severe is it affecting her at the moment? I don't. I don't know. She she tried to hide it from me. I think to protect me, but just it's just it's just wearing away at her you have to you have to stop it you must stop it please when was it that you uh, you noticed this about two weeks ago i i don't know if she knows that i know yet but i just uh, had to tell somebody you you guys seem like seem like good people we do seem like good people. We are we are trying our best. We are we are trying to try our best. Um, but Mesra, can I ask you as well? Because we we don't know people here very well yet. If you hear anyone talking about it or, or anything that you might think is not even that big or significant, it might be. It might be a useful tool to help us try to find where the death curse is and stop it. If we're staying at the Giggling Squid at the moment, uh, if you hear of anything, please come find us in the Giggling Squid or. If we're not there, we might be at Wakangas. You can okay. always leave a message. At this point, you hear from the direction of the villa a call of, Mesra? Mesra, where are you? And you, she sort of, her eyes widen a bit, and she just goes, uh, I've, Okay, I, w- I, w- I, will, I will if I see anything, but thank you. Just good luck. And she just darts off. Uh, Siliqui takes her hand. Oh. No, she's she's darting off. Um, <laughs> the queen reaches out to take her hand, but she's gone. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's going. You know that when someone puts her hand up for a high five and the other person yeah. doesn't reciprocate, she puts it, and then so she just walks away. Oh, okay, puts her hand back down by her side. Yeah. <laughs> With that awkwardness, um, you head on out, um, and you are now outside Jasmine's villa. What would the party like to do next? Well, we've we've got to go for lunch with um, the Coliseum and Jabal, haven't we? We do. Um, we are right next to Grandfather Satembe, though, and we did say that we were going to uh, meet up and find out what he has to say before we head off to the Coliseum, I believe. I think you told Grandfather Satembe that, uh, that you had the name of the Soulmonger and he was going to uh, pierce the veils, so to speak, and work out more about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah where it is hopefully mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so 
As you approach the entrance to the temple, you are once again greeted by Gary, who has a little wave for you. Hey, Gary! Hi, Gary! As you come up to the temple, it doesn't take much to realise that uh, both Gary and the other acolytes that you see sort of walking back and forth, there is an air of despondency. There's an air of, of grief about the acolytes. Um, and Gary is perhaps a little a little less than his usual enthusiastic self in, in greeting you. And he says, uh, oh, hello. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. Are you uh, you here to see anybody in particular? Uh, Grandfather Zitembe. Ah, of course. How are you doing, Gary? Uh, it's... It's not... Uh, it's not a, not a good day today, I'm afraid. Um, I'm so sorry. What's happened? Well, we've been told this morning that uh, Inette's past, uh, you know, has, uh, has gone from this mortal coil, so to speak. Sadly, she has. I, I was quite yeah. fond of her. We, we, many of us were. And I'm afraid I, I would give you gladder tidings, but uh, I have only an apology from uh, Grandfather Zatembe. You see, with one thing and another, with his duties in the temple, he uh, he's only managed to actually go and seek out Annette's parents today. Um, he's still out at the minute. Delivering the uh, the sad, sad news to her parents. Uh, Very well. He wanted to do it in person, you know. But he has made arrangements um, to offer you uh, something quite special this evening. As a way of both thanks for, for bringing us the news and, uh, and a way of compensating for our unusual uh, lack of speed in actually getting answers for somebody seeking our services... Grandfather has told me to tell you that this evening, should you return, uh, you will be allowed to witness the communion with the guides, if you wish. You would be welcome to sit with the grandfather as he uh, searches for this soulmonger that you have come to Cholt looking for. Oh, that's very generous. I, mean, I think that would be very useful. It would be. I'm very touched. It is, as far as I am aware, in the time that I have served here, it's actually, I think... Perhaps the first time outsiders have been invited to, so uh, it is uh, it is an honour he wishes to bestow on you. And if you wish to partake in this, you need only return later tonight. Uh, just perhaps, mm, let's say, a few hours before the sun goes down, Zetembe should be back. Okay, and um, is that what time he would prefer us to, to turn up? He gave that time as the time he'd be he'd be back and and his affairs would be in order and he'd be free to uh, to commune. And is there anything that we should know? Like, um, is there any particular type of dress or anything like that that we need to do? Do we need to cover hair or do we need to do oh, anything no. particular or just turn up? Oh no no no! We've 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 no such rules as that. There would be no effort involved on your part. You would simply be part of the ritual as it is cast. Just simply bring yourselves back here and keep an open mind I suppose that would be amazing and also um, and this time Siliqui does succeed in grabbing a hand (laughs) Um, yeah Gary's not going anywhere (laughs) yeah Gary she um, Inette she was very very brave you um, you might not have even recognised her when she was out there with us she was amazing she was smart she got us so much further than we could have got without her and, and she she really did help she did us proud and herself proud he uh he places his other hand on top of yours and and sort of pats it and says this 
it is a comfort to hear. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear that she, she did right by by you and 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 by us. He sighs, and you, you see his his eyes get a little bit wet, and he just sort of shakes it off a little and says, "Is is there anything else I can I can help you with just now?" Well, uh, no, we were. I think we mainly was wanted to chat to grandfather's attempt but if obviously it's um not a good time at the moment and he's busy i mean is there anything that the rest of you would um want to speak to our, our friend gary about or have you eaten gary i do have sandwiches if you haven't eaten you should always look after yourself and make sure you do eat uh gary uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> It's sad. You bring people casseroles and stuff, don't you? And they're grieving. It's like it's, it's, it's like there's always there's always that one lovable but mildly deranged aunt in every family who's, who's always got a slightly soggy Cornish pasty that no one she always whips it out when no one's expecting, and she's, you need to eat more. You know, you're looking skinny, and you're like, "Christ, woman, I'm I'm the size of a barge, and I've, I've got gout, and I can hardly walk." And why are you giving me a pie? And she's like, "That's right, eat up." And like, you know, you need some meat on your bones. She pinches your cheek, and you're like, "You're literally killing me with love." <laughs> Toby, I, Toby, I wonder, have you, have you got have you got some problem with your family members? <laughs> I have many problems, and they may be one of them. Uh, in case they're listening to this, in which case, no, not at all. I love you. <laughs> I forget sometimes that we're now mildly famous in certain circles. So. In, cer- in fer- certain very exclusive circles. Thank yes. you to all of our uh, forty listeners. We very much appreciate you listening world- worldwide, and we love every one of you. Uh, Gary accepts the sandwich, um, and uh, yeah, he, he has a he has a bit of a nibble, and uh, and he says just sort of like after a few seconds, he's just like, hmm, "What is this? What is this sauce that goes with it? It's, oh, it's delicious." It's a new recipe that we're working on, and we haven't got a name yet. But we're trying out different names at the moment. It's um, Percival's Magic Sauce. <laughs> he spits out the sandwich. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not anything bad. It's um, it's all it's all um, good good food. I produced it myself. Rana's resplendent residue. <laughs> oh God! I think it's all a work in progress. It's a work in title still. Percival's relish, Gary. It's all right. I've got it on good authority that there's nothing special about Percy's sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Silicon really starts laughing at that. <laughs> oh, you've got my book. Yes, I remember now. <laughs> I, you remember that sex scene you wrote in in um, uh, which one was it now? As uh, uh, sword dancer. As uh, <laughs> shocking. It really was not not shocking as in. Oh, but oh dear! Just oh, <laughs> I, I thought it was quite beautiful. Was it rude or was it just a bit sad? It was like that one that Alan Titchmarsh wrote. <laughs> oh, God, God. I remember Alan Titchmarsh having a sex scene in one oh. of his books? Oh, uh, uh, yes, he did. Apparently, it was well. Apparently, it was written good. as one yeah. of the worst sex scenes ever written. <laughs> apparently, I've not read it myself, and I. I I've not read it myself, he claims. I don't really intend to. Sorry, Alan, I'm not intending to either. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case Alan is listening. He's he's a listener number 39. (laughs) He's a big fan of D&D. Okay. 
So, um, yes, unfortunately, uh, Temple of Severus, come back later, um, is the uh, <laughs> is the overall message yep. there. Unless so, there's anything come, else you come want to Come back tonight, mate. Was it come back after tea time, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from a better, from a better game perspective, what okay. I'm saying is come back after tea with Jobal. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, is our meeting with Jobal the next thing on the cards then? Off to the free bar then. Pretty much, yeah. You've spent the morning talking to Jessamine. I'd say about maybe uh, a couple of hours, maybe not even that has passed since you went to Jessamine's. You probably okay. have time to go and do something else in the city if you want to go do something else in the city, but it's like you've got maybe another hour or two until um, you're meeting. Is the Coliseum classy, or is it just kind of a bit of a mix of people? I think it'd be a mix, surely. I'm not sure you'd know that, because you've not really discussed the Coliseum with anybody, and you haven't been there. No, um, very true. None of you have been there. Like, not even, like, Rana's not been there or anything, so you'd have to ask somebody else, I'm afraid. Should we go and sort of um, go and get near the Coliseum and have a look what people are wearing just to make sure we fit in and, and um, for our meeting well uh, I, th- I think I think we're meant to be if not we can grab something from the market was Wakanga going to be joining us he said so didn't he he, he said he would I will retcon uh, Wakanga basically said when you got to the Coliseum to ask for a particular guard that will take you up so when you get to the Coliseum it is Virtual just going to be a case Steve. of you will be taken up <laughs> Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve the guard. Yeah, let's say. Yeah, yeah let's say his name's Steve. City is just going to be. Oh, it's not Dave. Pe- this Steve. city is just going to be peppered with NPCs with just different like, <laughs> like, like very common sounding really names. Standard names. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Gary, Steve, Jeff. Dave, Ted, Kevin. Um, Kevin. With our powers uh, combined. There's, there's actually there's actually two Kevins. There's Big Kev and Small Kev. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's Dave Big Hands. Fat Dave um, and Big Hand Dave, yeah. Uh yeah, Steve, Steve the guard of the Coliseum will meet you when you uh when you when you get there to meet Jobel. And so don't forget, so we, we must remember not to tell Jobel at all that Rana is a shape changer. Uh, so Rana no, must no, that's that's fine. Um, we can tell him he's a shape changer, but we we just can't tell him that he's going out into the Oh yeah. That was it. it was, we can't tell him that he's a, our guide, wasn't it? That's the one. <laughs> you, Sorry, you, I um, forgot. You were also warned not to talk about the map. Um, yep. Oh yeah. And yep. yeah, so in terms of like the jewel market, yeah, you were you can retcon that you you can just say you're just window shopping at the bazaars. Yeah. yeah. So we got to work out when we see Jobal because we all need to have a, the story straight. If we're not going to mention the map or or that Rana was our guide, because we need to speak to um. Jobal Bab Musharib. I imagine he's going, going to ask her how we know. Yeah, how we know or how how we heard through Andrew's um, lot. I would say, I would say, it makes sense that uh, Lyric he has commissioned us uh, to. Hmm, maybe we shouldn't mention his map. Just as an aside, mm-hmm. to just sort of mm. uh, refresh your memories, because this I think might be interesting uh, or something you would be considering as well, Lyric is going to be at some point in the future arranging for a meeting of the merchant princes where he's asked you guys to talk about your journey into the jungle anyway yeah what he wants us to do a ted talk not exactly a ted talk no but he just he he (laughs) felt he felt that your personal testimony of having gone to camp righteous and seen the state of the camp Mm. would help in trying to persuade the merchant princes to help them out so Something to sort of bear in mind is that one way or another, Joba will find out that you've gone into the jungle anyway. Um, assuming, of course, that you go along to that. Okay, well, 
Maybe we say yeah. we went along without a guide and without a map and we realised we can't, you know, we, we, we need we a guide. We did get lost Yeah, a we lot. got lost a lot. We didn't know where we were going. We <laughs> thought we wouldn't need a guide. We were overly confident. And then we came back eventually and now we need a guide and some help. But no mention yes. at all of map or that... Um, Rana was actually I th- hired initially as our guide. He's just one of us. I, th- I, th- I think the issue is is just uh, what what do we really say about Rana. You know, is he is he a guide or is he just a hanger on? He's like a fan. I mean, Rana, do you think maybe um, it might be good for you to not be maybe rather than um, worrying about being an extra person? Do you think it'd be easier if you took a different form for for the meeting? A parrot. Hey, if you're if you're a little monkey, you can point at things and go ook at appropriate moments. You could fling your poop. You could then communicate with us if um, if you need to, because I'm, I mean, I love you as a tiger. You're beautiful, but um, that weird chuffing thing you did, I had no idea you were trying to communicate with us. I did not know what it was. Whereas at least with a little monkey, you can at least point and 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 do you know charades. It's a game. I'll teach you. Rana, Rana looks <laughs> thoughtful, I and mean, then he sort of he nods, and he's, his eyes brighten up as though he's just remembered something. He says, "Ah," he says, "monkey." He nods. All my best jokes were when I was a monkey with the tribe. Oh, God. And then he nods. I mean, he frowns slightly, and he says, mm. "Except the time." The old women thought I was lunch and tried to eat me. Oh. He, he pauses again and says, "Yes, it was. It was awkward when she hit me with that knife. And I, I landed in the soup as I am now." And he sort of waves at him himself. He says, "There was much screaming, and I burnt myself on the fire. And it is best I do not talk of it anymore." Oh, <laughs> monkey is is a good idea, and he gets a sort of a bit of a sparkle in his eye. Like this is, he hasn't been a monkey in a little bit of time, and he's thinking this maybe it was fun last time, so maybe it might be fun again. And so he nods and he agrees. He, he's, he's he's quite into this plan. He enjoys you know shape shifting and stuff, um, and if he gets to shape shift an animal that he can be a bit mischievous in and get away with it, that's fantastic as far as he's concerned. You could do monkey things, Rana, but don't forget, don't give him any indication that you're not just a monkey. But, as we're going to be eating at the Coliseum, um, I don't know if it would be right if you ate as much as us if you were a small monkey. So, did you want to eat some of these sandwiches or something now, just so you know you're fed before <laughs> we up. go in? And that way we can give you a small amount when you're in there and it's not obvious. Rana is never one to turn up the opportunity to food. And... Um... He swipes a sandwich and says, yes, he says, the residue is good. And then takes a mouthful. <laughs> the residue. <laughs> That's it, Percival's residue. <laughs> <sighs> so the creature shakes her head. <laughs> okay, so Rana, don't forget, this is a business meeting, okay? We can't be doing non-businessy things. So that means no flinging poop. <laughs> well, actually, I've been to some business meetings where that has happened, so <laughs> maybe that's okay. But we do need to make sure that we are on 
good behaviour, okay? Why am I saying this? I, don't, I really don't know. <laughs> like, how, have you, how have you become the voice of reason? Um. Right. Also, just to practice, when somebody says, have we been in the jungle? We can't say yes. But if they say, how did you know where to go? What do we say? Luck. No, me. Me. I'm an adventurer. And an explorer. But not a very good navigator. I'll have you know my survival is plus two. (laughs) I was going to say, uh, we went into the jungle, we got lost and we came back home again. (laughs) Luckily. And and if he says if we got a map. No, no, what map? We we have, it'd be really useful to have a map, but we ain't got no map. Don't don't even bring up a map. I can see this going so well. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I think we got it. I don't think anything can go wrong now. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Oh. <laughs> per- Percival gets out one of his books and he he draws a rough uh, line that, that represents the uh, Social Star and a little X where Camp Righteous is and where Camp Vengeance, Camp Vengeance is. And then also where Port Nanzaro is. So in in and of itself, it's, it's totally meaningless. <laughs> there's no near nothing else around it. It's just we were here. There's no other now we're here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and then he writes, um, day four got lost and a little X, and then uh, day goblins. five got lost and little <laughs> goblins are here. <laughs> uh, quippers, beware! There you go. Excellent. Oh, lordy. Okay. That should save us. Right. <laughs> he closes his book and puts it in his pocket. <sighs> now, I think we're covered, chaps. 